1: It is Thursday, February 10th, and this is People Every Day. Happy Throwback Thursday, everyone. It's me, your host, Janine Rubenstein. There's some surprising COVID news from across the pond. Early this morning, it was announced that Prince Charles, along with two other major royals, have tested positive for the virus. If you recall, the Prince of Wales first tested positive for COVID-19 in March of 2020, and a source tells People that Buckingham Palace will not be providing updates on whether or not Queen Elizabeth contracted the virus after meeting with her son earlier this week, but shared that the 95-year-old monarch is not displaying symptoms and is being monitored. Sadly, in the midst of her Platinum Jubilee celebrations, all official engagements in Winchester, England, have been canceled. We know that Prince Charles has been vaccinated against COVID-19, and we wish him a speedy recovery. There is so much Winter Olympics news to catch you up on, and I can't do it alone. I'm calling in the expert to quickly fill you in on the biggest stories from Beijing. People's senior news and sports editor, Lindsay Kimball, is here to speed skate through the Olympic news.
0: Thanks, Janine. After a slower start, uh, Team USA is officially racking up the gold medals with two new additions coming overnight Wednesday, Snowboarding phenom Chloe Kim, who won gold in the halfpipe as only a teen back in 2018, doubled down on her dominance, taking first in the event once again. She got a near-perfect score and became the first woman in history to land back to back 1080s. Now, Chloe's accomplishment left her and this Olympic fan getting kind of emotional. But the U.S. athletes aren't done. Figure skater Nathan Chen improved upon his already record-baking performance at the games with a 218.63 point scoring free skate performance, which was set to Elton John's Rocket Man. Even with his victory, though, he was focused on how sacrifices and support from his mom and others helped him live up to his nickname of the Quad King. The fun is going to continue with Sean White in the men's halfpipe this week. The seasoned snowboarder, who is in his fifth Olympic Games, secured his spot in the final and will compete on Thursday night Eastern. That's all for now from Beijing, but more excitement to come.
1: Thanks, Lindsay. So pumped about Chloe Kim. And of course, I'll be looking forward to Mr. Sean White. It's just so scary watching how fast those snowboarders go. But I love it. I love it all. And now, in a scary twist to a story we've been keeping tabs on, there's a surprising update in the death of Bob Saget. Late last night, news broke with the details of what actually happened to comedian and Full House star Bob Saget. His family released a statement saying that the authorities, quote, have concluded that he accidentally hit the back of his head on something, thought nothing of it, and went to sleep. No drugs or alcohol were involved. And now the autopsy report details he sustained catastrophic injuries and fractures to the back of his head and that he was COVID positive at the time of his death. It's so incredibly heartbreaking. A lot of people are pretty shaken to hear this news. I know I was and have a ton of questions. Joining me now, though, to help us understand what happened is NYU Langone Health's Dr. Eric Anderer, who specializes in neurosurgery and spine surgery. He's performed over 1,000 surgeries in Brooklyn and is the host of the Back and Spine Pain Show on Sirius XM Doctor Radio. Hey, Dr. Ander, Thanks for being here.
2: How's it going? Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, well, this is so tragic. And, and of course, my heart goes out to his family, but it's scary thinking that after he hit his head, Bob thought nothing of it, and yet it was a fatal accident. So what type of head trauma could he have suffered for this to happen?
2: It's a really sad story. And, you know, of course, I mean, I, I for any number of reasons, I can't necessarily speculate on, on what happened to him. Um, but, you know, by and large, um, people that have... Significant enough head trauma that will result in something like serious neurologic compromise or even death usually have significant symptoms associated with it.
1: Yeah, how you're feeling. I always think about that with my kids. I have a toddler and she's just into everything, falling over all the time. And I'm always telling my husband, we have to keep her awake. We have to keep her awake.
2: (laughs) You brought up a great point. I mean, with toddlers, and that's the problem, it's sometimes hard to get out of toddlers, um, and also people that have been drinking, um, people that are on drugs. And again, this is not specific to this case, because obviously it doesn't apply in this case, but anything that would prevent you from getting out of the person, what their symptoms are, can be problematic. It can be very stressful taking care of, um, you know, a toddler with an injury, for example, or, you know, somebody at a birthday party that maybe, you know, had a couple uh, too many drinks. I know people are wondering with that. Uh, I certainly
1: am. What to do if you have a head injury, whether you think it's serious or not? What are the steps we all should take to ensure we're okay, that we really do have nothing to worry about?
2: So you know, I'm a big proponent of wearing helmets when you're skiing and biking, and you know that that kind of thing. Um, but you know, there are times when you're going to hit your head at some point in your life. I mean, it's just you know part part of what sort of comes to the territory. Um, and so. Uh, You know, I think that mainly what you want to be doing is if you have an injury where you are concerned, let's say you fell from a standing height on slipping on ice, you know, which is something that's pretty common, um, you know, going on in this season, you know, you fall from like from from that kind of height and whack your head, even with minimal symptoms. That's the kind of thing you want to get checked out because that's a pretty violent sort of uh, head rattling type of injury. You know, if it's a less um, you know, serious injury on the face of it where you're not as concerned about it, like let's say you bump your head in a cupboard and all that, the symptoms to look out for would be headache, dizziness, nausea, changes in behavior, lethargy. Like if you can't stay awake or you notice your loved one can't stay awake, that's something you should definitely get checked out. Another thing to look out for would be any kind of blood or clear fluid sometimes coming out of your nose or your ears that's a serious one. And that's something you should definitely get checked out. And because that's often indicative of a, of a head injury that needs medical attention. People don't necessarily want to go to the ER for every bump on the head. Um, you know, use your gut. You can take that list uh, and sort of, you know, consult it and be like, all right, well, I don't necessarily have any of these symptoms per se, but like, I feel off. I just feel I just don't feel right. And it's been a few hours since the injury. Go get checked out. It can be a little bit distressing and hectic in an ER, but it's a very quick and easy study to do and can rule out a lot of the things that can become really dangerous later on.
1: And the the staying awake two hours after, that's that's a big one too, right?
2: Generally, what we tell people is if you're good without many symptoms six hours after an injury, um, you've mostly cleared the, uh, the danger zone in terms of the things that are really dangerous. Certainly concussions and symptoms of concussion can last longer. So for those first four to six hours, I would tend, uh, tend to be sort of vigilant. So if you're worried about somebody, yeah, somebody else, let's say let's say your toddler, you would wake them up every two hours or so um, if, if it's at night. Um, and if it's during the day, you just keep them up for a good six hours.
1: And then just lastly, uh, we, we got into all this, but how common is this a cause of death? Like, like how often in your career have you seen a head trauma go untreated uh, because the patient doesn't think it's serious?
2: It's fairly uncommon to have somebody um, just sort of die from a head injury that they don't seek medical attention for. If we sort of knew the circumstances of what went on here, I'm sure that there was probably a headache or some significant symptom that, you know, maybe he didn't think was it was a big deal, maybe he would sleep it off. But, you know, the, and, and again, I can't speculate on, on what happened, but the, you know, by and large, it's fairly uncommon. That being said, there are some bad head injuries, um, which can come on real quick and can result in death if they're not treated quickly. And the one I'm particularly thinking about is something called an epidural hematoma, it's basically a brain, uh, a brain hemorrhage that collects outside the brain, causes pressure on the brain, and that's usually what causes patients to die within, you know, a six-hour period.
1: Well. Doctor, this is all so sad, but everything you said is so important. And I really appreciate you taking the time to be here to help us understand it all. Thank you, Dr. Ander. Oh,
2: it's my pleasure. It's, you know, obviously sad for the family and, um, you know, obviously sad for Bob Saget. If this can, you know, get out and result in some kind of education, I think, uh, amongst the general public, you know, I think it'll be a good thing.
1: Coming up, we've got Real Housewives of Beverly Hills alum Teddy Mellencamp here to talk about her recent run on Big Brother. Plus, you know, we're close to Valentine's Day when there's this much celebrity relationship buzz going on. We're going to dig into it all after the break. Guys, Celebrity Big Brother is back on CBS for its third season. And joining me right now is no stranger to reality television, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills alum, entrepreneur, and proud mom, Teddy Mellencamp, who is fresh off of her Celebrity Big Brother exit. Hi, Teddy. Welcome.
3: Uh Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem. Well, I I wanted to talk to you because we all saw, you know, that amazing Instagram video of you coming home to your children and embracing your daughter, Dove. Was being away from your family the hardest part of being on the show?
3: It was unbelievably hard because it ultimately ended up being 18 days. I had to really compartmentalize my brain. Anytime somebody wanted to talk about the kids, I could only talk about them a little (laughs) amount because I didn't want to start crying and take myself to really going there because you you don't get any communication.
1: And take me inside the house. Why do you feel like this was your ending?
3: I have, like, a competitive nature, and that's what always makes me rise up. And I think the first head of household, which she had it for 11 days, really wanted to get out her highest competitors. Like, I love Chris Kattan, but, like, I ultimately—you knew he— It was not something he was loving every second of. And the fact that she would choose to boot out a true competitor who was doing all right in the house over somebody who you could tell was really struggling and missing their girlfriend or missing their boyfriend or whatever it was, was a little bit like, mm. Not the way I would have played it.
1: Speaking of playing something, I want to play a quick game with you of who is most likely to, since you have all of this insider knowledge. And I'm going to do some rapid fire questions, quick questions about your housemates. All right. Who is most likely to sleep all day?
3: Chris Kattan and second place Todd.
1: <laughs> who is most likely to not wash the dishes?
3: Lamar, Todd, Todrick, Chris Kattan... <laughs> Yeah, those four. Never. That's why when I walked out, I said, Have
1: fun with the dishes. <laughs> Who is most likely to spend the most time in the bathroom?
3: The bathroom was one of our happiest places <laughs> because I don't know, there was less like fluorescent lighting. We would take like two showers a day because there's nothing to do. I feel like Shane loved being in the bathroom. By bathroom, I mean shower area. Us all sharing one toilet. Not okay. That was a little dicey.
1: <laughs> Who is most likely to sit down and get real with you?
3: I had some real conversations with Cynthia and Carson and Shayna and Chris Kirkpatrick. Next one is
1: a two for who's most likely to be sent home next and who's most likely to win.
3: I would like Todrick to be sent home next because I think he's playing all the sides. And I think ultimately when Carson gets out and sees the things that Todrick's been doing, he's going to be bummed. In regards to winning, I would be, I'd be happy if Cynthia Carson won. (laughs) Teddy, thank you so
1: much for coming on and playing this little game with us.
3: Oh, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun.
1: Well, love and drama is in the air as per usual in Hollywood. And now it's time for the stories that are heating up just in time for Valentine's Day. And here with me to unpack all the love and that drama is People dot com managing editor Charlotte Triggs. Hey Charlotte.
4: Oh hey Janine, how you doing?
1: I'm good. Kim Kardashian is on the March cover of Vogue magazine looking as flawless as usual, Uh, but it's what she said about her estranged husband, rapper Kanye West, that is making everyone tune in more to their ongoing feud. She dropped bombs and opened up about why their relationship fell apart. I mean, one quote was, for so long, I did what made other people happy, Kardashian said. And I think in the last two years, I decided I'm going to make myself happy. So it it just sounds like she's putting herself first. Or what else did we get out of, of what she told Vogue?
4: She basically thinks that, like, the decision to put herself first and make herself happy, as she describes it, is what she uses the word that it caused her divorce, which tells you everything about the status of that marriage. I mean, I think we can tell from everything that's gone on between them in the last couple of years, He was certainly doing everything that he wanted to do to make himself happy. Remember, like, we would hear, okay, he's moving to Chicago. He wants to run for president. And I think he spent like $21 million on it or something like that. He's a guy who has, who follows his passions. You know what I mean? And many people believe he's actually a creative genius. He probably feels like he has to indulge it. That doesn't sound very fun to be married to.
1: And she said, my 40s are about being team me. I'm going to eat well, I'm going to work out, I'm going to have more fun, spend more time with my kids, And she didn't add this, but I'm going to say spend more time with Pete Davidson (laughs) and the people who make me happy. So I guess we're, we're seeing that now, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think that this is also right at the root of all the tension between her and Kanye, even for the last year, even as it was very obvious that they were living completely separate lives. Even that that whole Met Gala thing, you know what I mean? She was still letting him kind of like direct her. Style vision and stuff like that.
1: Oh, the dark, hooded,
4: the, ho- the sh- kind of shrouded shadow weird, of
1: Kim. Yes, dress. like
4: it was a fashion moment. But like it was his vision. And then now <laughs> I think she's like, you know what? I think I deserve to have a little fun. I don't know exactly why Pete Davidson of all people, but it's like that's who she's into. So okay, mm-hmm. so she wants to you know have a little bit of fun, and you can see it's definitely causing tension between them. I mean, they've been, like, fighting it out publicly.
1: And you bring it up there, though, the fashion. Kanye, and she has said this, had such a hand in her fashion evolution. Do you think that will be affected at all by their complete split, it seems now?
4: It's interesting because you remember, like, she used to just be somebody who would just, like, buy clothes that, like, normal people would buy at the mall even, probably. Like, um, they had their little boutique in the Valley and stuff like that. Like, she certainly, like, Had it all, and she had like expensive purses and stuff like that. But, like, you know, he took her to this kind of next level and brought her in with the super A list designers. Like, Valentino hosted their pre wedding party and stuff like that. And at the time that they were getting married, she still wasn't totally accepted by the like super high fashion people. You know, she was not, didn't used to get invited to the Met Gala. And now she's like always there, and she's like sort of a fashion icon in her own right.
1: All right, now for Army Hammer and Elizabeth Chambers. This one's this is the drama we were talking about. We have an update. Um, the couple who share two kids together announced their split in July of 2020, and as we know, Army is facing accusations of rape and cannibalism against him. He checked into rehab back in May of last year for drug, alcohol, and sex issues. And now that he's out, we got some exclusive reporting on what's happening between the estranged spouses now. So Charlotte, just tell us what we know.
4: So we have been hearing that they're kind of like working on their relationship with one another. Now, what I don't think that that quite means they're reconciled. If you think about it, they've got two kids. It's like working on your relationship may just mean like, working on being able to deal with each other. They were apart for a really long time, even before they split up. He was just kind of doing his thing in Los Angeles. She was taking care of the kids off by herself. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think what they're trying to do is get back on on solid footing, like even just co-parenting. And I found what really is interesting is that his main priority is to be sober. That I think may have been at the root of a lot of these problems
1: yeah. And 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 just seeing this source quote, it says the past year hasn't been easy, but she and Army have always had love for each other. All right. Well, last but not least, let's move on to Chriselle Staus and Simu Liu. So on Tuesday night of Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, Selling Sunsets, Chriselle spilled the tea on the rumors about her and Sean Cheese Simu Liu. After a viewer called in and asked about the two of them, she said, "I get this question a lot." I have to say Simu is just a friend and Cohen then cut her off and asked friend with benefits and she said no I promise no one ever believes me but no so I don't know Charlotte
4: I don't know I feel like she like is very 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 happy to be being asked about this <laughs> like it's like a good look for her he is hot and he's like you know got a hot career too you know what I mean like that would be a great match but I don't think that that many people really had that on the radar.
1: Oh my goodness. No, it's, he's going to go there. Maybe if you pick up the bait, maybe not, but he's going to ask. I love it. Oh, Charlotte, we have just gone around the world with these love stories just now. <laughs> so much fun. Thank you for everything. Thanks, Jane. And now for this quick, sweet story to send you off. Have you heard about the Turkish truck driver who planted a whole forest? (laughs) I can't stop talking about it. And it is surely something to make you smile. It made me smile. There's a truck driver in Turkey who spent his life savings planting, get this, 11,000 trees, which made a brand new forest. And at 71, he just loves to sit and watch people pick the fruit and hang out in all the shade. And when he was asked about it, the man said, "'I don't make money from this.'" When people die, they cannot take their money into the afterlife, but the good they do comes with them. Oh, It just warms my heart, and it's getting some serious Bob Ross vibes.
3: Let's paint several little happy trees and push. Look at there.
1: And remember,
0: we don't make mistakes. We have happy accidents.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for listening to us again today. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week and give you some last-minute Valentine's Day gift ideas. You need them. This is People Every Day.